podcasting the final audio frontier. These are the legends of Brown Squadron. Our computer is picking up a strange signal. Here, sir, you, you better take a look at it. The ongoing mission to explore the Star Wars universe and other nerd culture topics, to seek new content and new cantinas, bars, and lounges, to boldly annoy Scruffy by making too many bad jokes. Welcome to the Hyperspace Heroes Podcast. On vacation? What are you doing on vacation, Scruffy? Absolutely nothing, and it's everything I ever dreamed it could be. I did, however, get out and uh, for New Comic Book Wednesday noise absolutely um creep show volume two is out so i picked up um the main uh, issue plus two cover variants because you know i'm stupid like that that's what i call the neighbor down the street creep show <laughs> creep show uh, <laughs> hopefully it's up... not my son-in-law <laughs> other other direction okay. okay oh good good i picked up the uh, son of staros uh, family matters uh graphic novel the Darth Vader and the Obi Wan Kenobi. Family matters, like with Urkel. What? That's what the cover says. I don't know. Well, I have no idea. I haven't read it yet. You think we'll get to see him as Hondo in uh, what's the show that's been delayed? Skeleton Crew. Oh, that would be awesome. Oh yeah, he's he... on the cast list for that. Yeah, yes. I forgot that. He is on the cast list, and uh, I guess funny enough too when Ahsoka first popped up on IMDb. Uh, Tamarison was listed on in the cast list, and then after the first episode, he was taken off and replaced by Clancy Brown. And well, we definitely got some Tamara this episode, didn't we? Yes, we did. Captain Rex in live action. Yeah. All right, let's let's get into the episode. Welcome to Hyperspace Heroes. This is Brown Leader signing in. All wings report in. Brown two signing in. <laughs> My, my my ADHD was just uh, totally fired up. And there you stepped all over Brown Force check-in. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Please uh, let's uh, start no, over again. No, let's start you, over again. Start over again. Start over again. You just go back to Adelphi Station, okay? Oh, <laughs> I would love to go by. I'm gonna hang out with Zeb. Yeah, that'd be pretty cool. He's big and he's purple. All right, we are here recording uh, a day and a half after, almost two days after the episode five of Ahsoka entitled Shadow Warrior and wow I I think I I think I already have a title for this episode of the show which is going to be our review of that episode which is uh, yeah I think this was uh, definitely a nerdgasm for anyone that uh, has watched <laughs> Clone Wars, Rebels I mean how is it not? I mean well to, to... To further that theory, Star Wars does tend to peak at episode five, so. <laughs> wow. All right. You are not wrong. Wow. All right. What are we, 12 <laughs> seconds in, and there goes the PG rating. That's right. <laughs> way, way, way to go. Way to go, dude. You're nice. welcome. Nice. 
So, Ahsoka, Shadow Warrior. Um, yeah, where to start? It was a an abs from a, a lore standpoint, and I have got to say I'm glad Filoni got other episodes of like Mandalorian, Gunslinger, and other things out of the way and kind of went through his learning curve on directing live action because this was definitely in terms of what he's directed live so far, his opus, uh, in terms of, wow, just, I mean, there was still some, a little bit of clunkiness to it, uh, I gotta admit, but you know what? That's okay. I was okay with it. Um, well, what, was, what did you think was clunky? Oh, okay, so the ghost does a flyover, lands at the, uh, oh, oh, where we're broadcasting live from, by the way, the new outdoor theater on yes. Satos. Um, <laughs> enjoy the nightly whale shows uh and the she comes she's outside of the ghost already and she's got her little pew pew out and she's like walking cautiously through the ruins of the star map thing and it's like you didn't scan for life forms or something i mean it's only so big so is that bad directing or bad writing because i'll refer you to a new hope which was not perfect no i agree so. Uh, but we've also evolved a little bit since then. But no, I mean, that's what I mean by the clunkiness. There was just a few little so, parts. So they were you supposed know, to get their little Star Trek little thing out and scan for it, life forms? And... Well, that don't they have scanners on the Ghost? Isn't that... Don't they have Chopper? Chopper. Oh, okay. Scanned? Fair enough. Fair enough. You got you know? Chopper. I mean, it was just... It was a few little moments like that that I kind of chuckled about that. And, and when uh, they hear a noise uh, near the cliff and Hu Yang's there holding Sabine's helmet, which is, yeah, a touching moment. But at the same time, it's like... Uh, why is he standing on the edge of the cliff? How does he know anybody went into the water? I mean, it you know it was implying like he knew somebody fell off into the water. Come on, man, that was a tear-jerking moment. I had tears. All right, no. well, dramatic effect. <laughs> dramatic. Right, exactly, and that's what it was. It was dramatic effect. So I'm willing to forgive it. It's fine. But yeah, I mean, overall, the episode was pretty meh, and uh, compared to the previous episode, and yeah. What'd you guys? What'd you guys oh, think? what's that? Your well, hot take on this? Or, <laughs> is that here? No. Hot take? no, I'm goofing around. <laughs> this whole episode's gonna be a hot take, isn't it? <laughs> no, it was a great episode. I mean, just uh, you in mean, terms. The, you of... mean the Jonah and the Whale episode? Jonah and the Whale. The Jonah oh, and the Whale. Sh- shout out to Alfie. Yes, it was, it was shout... Alfie, right? Yes. Alfie, yeah, right? Alfie from Rule the Galaxy. After yeah. episode four, definitely posted a little cartoon on Twitter, uh, X, whatever, and. Uh, implying definitely that something like that was going to happen. Yep. So good job, Alfie. Um, I mean, and it's a reasonable guess too. And you think about it because the, the uh, giant dog flying dog collar already took off into space. So (laughs) it's, um... you seen that meme going around. It's it's got the hyperspace ring and there's a death star in it. And it says somehow the death star returned. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Well, I mean, Okay, so, I mean, if you think about it, what uh, what's a what's a chimera? Isn't the chimera like a demon dog or something in um, lore or something like that? Right. Uh, I'm looking it up right now. And a fire-breathing she monster in Greek mythology having a lion's head, a goat's body, and a serpent's tail. So, um, yeah. So, uh, and that is the chimera is. Thrawn's flagship and what are hyperspace rings used for to help ships fly through hyperspace so they're going to go get the Chimera which is basically a lion dog 
So yeah, there's my reach. It's a giant dog collar to bring the chimera back. So I'm not I'm not always just sarcastic for sarcastic sakes. Well, maybe I am, but oh, um, yes, yes, you are. But uh, <laughs> occasionally you have a point to your sarcasm. Exactly. But okay, yes. so uh, episode opens with, like I said, uh, Mrs. Obi Wan walking through the star ruins with her pew pew. And, uh, well, actually, it opens first with the... Mrs. Uh, Obi-Wan. Uh, a very slow scan of the ruins and a focus in on the destroyed star map, and uh, which means that the only map left is the Indiana Jones burn on Ahsoka's hand. And <laughs> the then it has her walking around. She doesn't find anything. Um, she calls up to Tiva to, you know, do another scan. But there... What I really enjoyed the most were the little things in this episode. So when Jason comes down from the ramp and asks his mom if you know they can come out too, and she's like, yeah, but we don't know this planet, so stick with Chopper. And you hear him, you know, and the, the volume fades a little bit on his voice, and you hear him say, come on, Chop. And just the way he said it sounded so natural. And it, it's just the little details in this episode like that that really... And we'll get into the next part, which is the whole world between worlds. But uh, so I one comment on that that piece there. So uh, as Hera no longer up for Mother of the Year awards, she's going to leave her son in the hands of the war criminal Chopper. <laughs> it's funny that you say that because that's kind of been going around on Twitter for a couple of weeks, especially with our friend Amanda over at um, <laughs> Duel the Duel, Duel the Ranks, ranks. Yep. and she's even got Brody convinced now that yeah, she definitely is worst Mother of the Year award uh, for <laughs> taking her son. You know, and like when they left home, one she's like willingly taking him into a known danger. You know, and it's like, oh no, don't stay with the safe fleet, son. Come on, come on with mom. Come let's on ride with me. into danger. Come on with mom. Let's uh, let's go <laughs> fly straight into danger. <laughs> you know, I mean, they're taking five X wings for a reason. You know, and uh, but <laughs> the uh, so yeah, so uh, they start to walk around. Hu Yang comes down. Uh, the CG in this episode, Hu Yang's walking around even when he's coming down steps. The animation was really good towards the end of the episode. But, uh, you know, and they're just kind of like wondering what's going on. And uh, then you kind of cut to, uh, or no, it was before that, that uh, all of a sudden Jason, and I was surprised. And I know, I, I think, was it DBU and I talked a brief moment at work about it, which was how much Jason has become a part of this story, much more than I think we would have predicted he would be. Oh, yeah, yeah. I think they're totally setting him up. For, for future stories. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I mean, they gave him the line in the last episode, I've got a bad feeling. Um, oh, yes. He's part of the process. He was part of the process of helping find Ahsoka in this episode because he, he could hear the lightsabers from the world between worlds, the dueling between uh, Anakin and... Uh, I can't, you know, I still wanted to say deep fake Anakin, just like deep fake Luke, but I can't say that because the CGI in this episode was fantastic. Much better. Much better. And so, yeah, meanwhile, in the world between worlds, Anakin and Sabine start talking, or not Sabine, um, Ahsoka start talking, and she's, you know, I wonder if that moment, because he's like, well, do you remember anything? And she's like, yeah. And he's like, all right, well, then you have a chance. And she's like, a chance for what? And he's like, a chance to live. And 
I wonder if she hadn't remembered anything. Was that then her... He was going to help her pass on into the Force Ghost realm. That's how I interpreted it. Mm-hmm. And also, how is Anakin in the world between worlds? I mean, we never saw anything in canon in terms of him having access to it. Well, I, there, you know, I there's two different ways to look at this, and, and I've kind of seen these both bounced around on the interwebs. Um, and I just lost the second one. But the first one being, you know, the world between worlds. Is this a place where force, force ghosts reside when they're not communicating with the living? Hmm. Could be. Um, the other one I've seen bounce around a lot is that he is the chosen one, so he is the the one who resides in that place permanently to finish the teaching and guide those come that come after him. I mean, we did see Palpatine in the world between worlds, did yeah. we not? Yes. And you would think that you know maybe that knowledge was passed on to Vader at some point. Yes. Was he in the world between worlds, or was he? He was trying to gain access to the world between worlds with us with Ezra. Um, yeah, I'm trying to remember. It's been a while since in, I watched those in, he, episodes. Because, okay, so I believe he was there, but I don't recall for sure. And here's part of where here's part of where I think Balin's story is going. Possibly is that the Chimera has the ruins of the Lothal Jedi Temple on it, and it was in those ruins. Ezra, Thrawn had Ezra, he had him down in the ruins, and that's where Palps was communicating to Ezra and trying to get him to open the door and go into the world oh, between yes. worlds, if I remember correctly. And I think that may be where possibly, that might be Balin's, you know, for the greater good thing, maybe he, he might be going after the remnants of the, the Jedi Temple. I'm not quite sure. And with that, maybe the world between worlds, but who knows? Um, but anyway, yeah, so I mean, there are some different theories, and, and honestly, I don't really care at this point because the whole world between worlds thing, and I was iffy on the whole world between worlds prior to this just because of what was in Rebels was, was okay. Um, it wasn't my favorite because I was really worried that they were going to get into time travel, and I don't really want to trekify Star Wars if we don't have to. Um, in terms of the whole time travel and retconning and uh, I mean on the show we already have the Spotka timeline we don't need a Star Wars <laughs> Kelvin timeline so um, it just yeah but I, I liked it in this episode well that was the other theory that I've seen bounced around quite a bit is you know was Ahsoka having a vision this whole time mm -hmm. and, and the world between worlds was just the place that her vision established very true, which then there's a, a point to that. And I did a quick, I was doing a quick rewatch re right before we recorded. And, and I was thinking about when you mentioned that to me earlier. Yes, and I think it was kind of presented that way on purpose for non-animated watchers. People that only know live action. Because it, for, for people that have not watched Rebels and the whole world between world thing, it could be very easily construed as a vision. Um, the point that I was going to make, though, was that Jason hearing the lightsaber battle 
which at the same time would counter that, but at the same time it could reinforce it because he could just be attuned to what's going on in Ahsoka's head in emotional state while she's having possibly just a vision. Right, that whole so, bit was set up to show us that Jason is Force-sensitive. Mm -hmm. So, uh, Wikipedia, uh, yes, Ezra does enter the world between worlds. Mm -hmm. But does Palps. We know Ezra does because he pulls Ahsoka out of the, um, what is it, Malachor? The fight with Vader in the pyramid? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm still getting to that part. I think you're right. I think Palps was trying to trick Ezra into opening the door so he could gain it. Uh, they discover that Emperor Palpatine has found a way to reach the world between worlds through Sith, the Sith, Sith sorcery from the ceremonial chamber in Coruscant. Hmm. They see okay. the Emperor looking at them through the porthole where they see Kanan's last stand. Palpatine gloats Ezra and Ahsoka has their this is Zero's last. You know, it never really says Palpatine was there. Yeah, Palpatine. I think... Palpatine was uh, could could see them through the portal, but doesn't really say whether or not he entered. Mm -hmm. So at this point, I guess I'm have to say no. He has not. Well, it's better than seeing him through the glory hole. So, well, that fails to explain why Vader was there. Omg. Whew, we're moving beyond the R rating now. <laughs> well, I think because Anakin's still Jedi, and El Anakin did redeem himself in the end, he he has access. We'll call it that for now. So yeah, it, yeah, the, okay. the, the the session between Anakin and Ahsoka was just awesome. Mm -hmm. I loved that dialogue between her and him. She's still smack talking him. She can hear a little bit of resentment in her voice. Especially mm -hmm. the statement that Annika said he's here to finish her training, and she says, a little too late for that. Mm -hmm. And he's but, like, it's ooh. never too late for more training. Yeah, oh, the yeah. dialogue between them was really good, and there was definitely undertones of the animated series, for sure. Yes. The, the whole dynamic that they had between them back then, which was awesome. And there was even, a, I know I sent you, you guys a screenshot of, there was even like, they were doing some of the same posture. Um, mm hmm in one of the scenes which was really good and uh, where is it um, they, they they definitely held on to the fact that you can tell Anakin did her training mm -hmm. the movements between the two you can tell that they were trained by they were either he trained her or they were trained by the same person yeah for sure so yeah so like there's that one scene on one of I think it was Battle of Malachor yes not better uh, Mandalore Siege of Mandalore yes. Siege of Mandalore. Uh, and the bottom one is from before the Siege of Mandalore in Season 7 of Clone Wars, if I'm not mistaken. So I believe so, yeah. Um, yeah, it was... Uh, and, uh, shout out to Ariana Greenblatt, man, that she absolutely she, oh. nailed it. She embodied that character from a teenage body with the wisdom of middle-aged Ahsoka. It was just incredible to see a young actress be able to pull that off. Mm -hmm. That was very impressive. Um, that was extremely impressive. And she played her at two different ages, which did... And yeah. I thought they did a good job representing that, because the first Clone Wars segment was her their first battle together. Because she was like, well, what about my training? And he's like, this is your training. And 
than the Siege of Mandalore, and they made her look older, and they changed the outfit to match, and even she kind of looked at herself kind of surprised <laughs> in that, but um, yeah, it was, you know, we got to see a, a Maldalorian in live action, we yeah. got to see Rex in live action, we got to see Gen 1 clones, we got to see, I mean, it was just great. Anakin's yeah. Clone War gear. Mm-hmm. Yes. Oh man, the CGI with him and the short hair, his early Clone Wars, that was phenomenal. Right? Absolutely phenomenal. Super impressed. And then I like the whole I mean, obviously they did all that on the uh in the uh, volume, but I liked the whole where you didn't see the whole expanse. You didn't see the background. It was kind of that dreamlike fog, the battle happening inside, you know. Because uh, this was all memories, you know. Yeah, that's and... what leads me to believe this was a vision because you did not see the detail beyond your main core characters there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was also a great uh, cinematic cheat to do that. Yeah, and I'm wondering how much they spent just on Anakin's CG face CGI alone. I, I, they probably didn't have the budget to do a full blown <laughs> atmos battle scene. Probably not. Right? <laughs> After that, but. It was, uh, yeah, I mean, it was just, it was so well done. Definitely a bit of art, you know, to the to the storytelling, like we just said with the fog and, and everything, the vision-type atmosphere. Um, and then she's like, still hasn't learned her lesson, so they go back to the bridge on, you know, the walkway on the world between worlds, and the, or what was it? The end of the first battle before the siege, when Anna, when the battle starts up again, and Anakin's walking away, and then they do it again when he's on the bridge approaching Ahsoka, after they go back to just the regular world between worlds, is that flashing between Anakin and Vader? That was awesome. Was yeah, just that was awesome. Yeah. Well, before they even got there, and I think it was on the siege of Mandalore. I mean, she looks right at him and says, "Nobody knew how dangerous you really were." Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. that just that's what brought out the maturity, uh, you know, from that young actress pulling that off was amazing. And his response was very interesting. He's like, is that what this is all about? Yeah. Which mm-hmm. I thought was a very interesting retort. Then well, shortly after that, you hear they're back in the world between worlds and you hear him say you lack conviction. Mm-hmm. And I had headphones on for one viewing and I could hear a hint of the Vader voice box at the end of that sentence. Mm. And mm. It was pretty awesome to hear. You almost hear that Vader-like sound to it. Mm-hmm. And so what do you think? So, you know, she chooses to live. That's her choice, you know, and she ends up getting out of the world between worlds. But what do you think the lesson really was? Was that, that she was meant to learn? Well... Was it a lesson or so much as a, I want to live? I, I think there was a lesson there because, uh, I mean, there was a couple, it was a multi-layered storyline. You have, you know, he talks about legacy. Oh. Go ahead. I want to talk about legs for a second here. So you have Anakin standing there. He is obviously no longer Darth Vader. Um, you know, he, Darth Vader died. Anakin came back, Force Ghost Anakin. He now has his legs, but he's still wearing the glove. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he never got his hand back, man. 
So rude. It was like after he, t- it was his, uh, his persona there was post turn. His, his look was right after he turns to Vader. But, uh, what did we, we used Before to call it pre-crisp, pre-crisp, pre-crisp yes. Vader. Yes. Yeah, but, yeah, pre-crisp but Vader. Hold on a second. He lost that arm to Dooku in mm-hmm. Attack of the Clones. Yeah. True. He did not gain his Padawan until after that, if I remember the timeline correctly. Oh, you're right. So right. by him having the robotic right arm, that's really the only way she knew him. That's true. Well, but uh, he's not going to walk up and say, hey, Snips, and they're like, oh, no, you can't be Anakin. <laughs> you ain't got no legs. <laughs> you, ain't got, you ain't got no legs, Anakin. <laughs> you ain't got no legs. Nice. Anakin, you got legs. Invest in Apple. <laughs> so but anyway, it, it was just it was just it was just one little thing detail that cracked me up. It's like, hey, wait a minute, he got his legs back, still can't have his hand back. Anyway, I, I just assume the... that's how Ahsoka knew him. So yeah, no, that's they, why they, he appeared that way. But I, I really, right. I really equated this whole sequence with the Cave of Evil on Dagobah. When, when Luke went in, not knowing what he was doing, and well, what's the message behind seeing my own face behind Vader's mask? You know, in 1980, none of us had a clue what that meant. And yeah, I think you're onto something with that. Because uh, when she takes Anakin's saber from him, and she's just ready to, just before she strikes, you can see the may have been a reflection of the red saber in her eyes, but she almost looked like she had Sith eyes for just a fraction of a second that was a great shot i love that shot yes the red the red from the saber reflecting in her eyes yeah um well they talk about a few things during it he talks about the legacy passing down traditions um just like his master taught him but she was becoming a jedi during a different time he became he, he even said it himself when he was becoming a jedi they were peacekeepers now it's a wartime times have changed and there's a kind of a multi-layered... I kind of picked up kind of a multi-layered meaning there. A multi-layer from Star Wars? No way. No um, way. One, she's kind of a... You've got you've got touches of the whole child soldier syndrome thing going on. Because she came to age as a warrior from childhood on because of becoming a Jedi during the Clone Wars. Then there's... So there's that trauma that is enough to mess up anybody's psyche as they go into adulthood. And then you've got the second, which is the legacy, the tradition. You know, he says, you're going to, you're going to have all the knowledge that I have. Um, everything that I know, you will know, which of course kind of indicates that if she continued the way she was, she was going down. She would very possibly go down the same path as, Anakin to the dark side because one she kept she kept giving up uh she walked away from Anakin she gave up on Sabine in the in the storyline that we haven't seen but only has been hinted to um so she's reluctant to take on these new things because she keeps walking away she keeps quitting she take keeps taking the easy route which we know is a path to the dark side she also uh, the intensity. They made a couple references to the intensity. Hugh Yang talked about Anakin <laughs> being intense. Uh, and 
her behavior, what was one of the things that everybody's been complaining about in episodes one through four was that she had no personality, that she was just the stoic and serious and she was being intense. The training with Sabine on the on her ship with Hu Yang. Everything was serious, serious, serious. Anakin even says during the episode, he's like, well, what do you want? She's like, how can you joke around at a, at a time like this? And he's like, what do you want me to be, serious all the time? And she's like, yeah, because that's what she thought I, at the time as a kid that he should be. This is wartime. You're serious. You're, uh, you're not joking around. And what was she with Sabine? Probably the first time she trained Sabine in the story we haven't seen, she was probably really intense. She was probably expecting a lot, a really hard-ass master with Sabine. Um, and we, how does her behavior change after we see her come out as Gandalf the White at the end <laughs> of the episode? She doesn't oh, wear her headband and freak me out. Mm -hmm. You called that one. Oh, yeah. Me and several others. I mean, it's been one of those theories I latched onto a couple years ago when I first saw it. And definitely right. People have pegged Filoni correct on that one. But she was a little more fun loving because what's her one of the last things she says as they're pulling the Jonah and the whale stunt. Hu Yang's like, well, how do you know that they're going to go exactly where we want? And she's like, I don't. We'll just kind of see where we end up. You know, it was kind of the whimsical like. Um, you just got into the mouth of a hyperspace-dwelling creature, and you can't, you're not even guaranteed where you're going to end up, and she's like, eh, whatever, it's okay. Harkening back to, how can you joke around at a time like this? You know, of her time with Anakin. And so, she saw that she doesn't want, she knows where Anakin ended up, she can learn from those mistakes, and she is making the correction to be who she is, not what people wanted her to be or Anakin wanted her to be. You know, you know I, I took a lot of that <clears throat> right from that line that Anakin says to her, you lack conviction. Mm -hmm. And and almost after, you know, she she gets rescued from the water and she's recovering and they're shining all the white light on her and it's obvious that she's become Ahsoka the White that I, there's no other comparison than to say it's like the gummy finally took effect. <laughs> and she's got the conviction and she doesn't care. We're, we're just going to get there. Going right to what you said. I don't know. Let's let's the, go. The gummy has finally taken effect. Yeah. So instead of not so that remember, I have any experience, I'm remember just remember at the at the end of Rebels, she's she's they had he Filoni made her Gandalf the White at the end of that series, and she has the staff with the little circle on it with the dot in the middle, which is like what's on the logo in the show. So there's still probably something there, but we should replace that circle with a pot leaf. On the top oh, of the staff. Yes, yes. Hey man, whatever it takes. <laughs> <laughs> and the three leaves light into little mini lightsabers. Oh yeah. Fight with that. Yeah. Only in in the galaxy far, far away, we call it spice. Okay. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> oh, exactly. There you go. But but that's what it felt like to me. Is like this is kicked in. You know what? I've I've learned. I've got to have the conviction, but I got to lighten up. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Kind of like, uh, hmm, 
kind of like Luke a little bit from the original Heir to the Empire series yeah. when he was dealing with Mara Jade. Because Mara Jade was all... When they're, uh, when they're in that forest on the planet with Talon Card, home, his home base, and there's all those creatures, force-hunting creatures, they crash land because she's chasing them. They crash land. They have to get... Uh, she needs to keep him and uh, alive and R2's with him and Mara Jade's stressed out and she's just real intense the whole time and Luke's just kind of like it's going to work out it's all good you know same kind of thing well that you know it goes back to what I said last episode Ahsoka is supplanting Luke It's she's the Luke we wanted for the mm -hmm. sequels mm -hmm. and, and this is just another step on that path so, DB, real quick, when we had when we talked to Mark Newbold, they had an article on Phanthatrax at the time, and that raised the question, is Ahsoka the new central figure of the Star Wars universe? That's an interesting thought. I think she is the next generation or the the Jedi figure for for the sequel era and i think again this is where this is all leading this is all going to tie in again somehow mm -hmm. yeah i think so too i think you're right um, but it's interesting that you know we still don't know where in the timeline she had that little interaction with luke and grogu when mando came back to kidnap grogu back um and we don't know what you know, if Ahsoka is around for the sequel trilogy, because we hear her voice at the end of Rise of Skywalker. Yes. So, you know, there's a lot of questions to be answered, and I doubt they will be answered in this particular series. Right. I, and we've only got, what, three episodes left after this. We still have oh, not seen word. Thrawn. Three episodes. Yep. We still have not seen Thrawn, which, you know, not surprising, honestly. I, it really is... I'm more definitely, I said it at the beginning of the season, and I'm even more convinced as we go along, we will not see Ezra. I don't think we're going to see him this season. Um, but you know what was interesting about the ending of this episode? And man, the CGI on those whales was awesome. Uh, wow. Yeah. Holy cow. The whole them going into hyperspace, the seat. Oh, wow, man. Just beautiful. Just a beautiful episode. And the ending of it was funny because the ending did didn't the ending feel like it could be a season ender? Yes. Episode. Yes. Mm-hmm. That's kind of what I thought when it was wrapping up. I'm like, this this could have been the last episode of the season, very easily, to make you be like, oh my god, come on, what now? And you got to wait, you know, on Disney timeline two and a half years for the next season, and. Oh man, I hope not. But you know what I mean. It, it's just. But yeah, it was. Um, I, I, yeah, I don't think we'll see Ezra. If anything, there will be a very. If they play it right, he'll be a tease at the very end. Maybe some doors opening or something. You know what I. You know what I mean. We don't even. If they if they played it right, we won't we won't see him. I don't think we will. I think, put the focus on. Thrawn and them getting back. In the next episode i still remember a scene a shot of shin hadi 
with short hair. So, and we have yet to see that yet, but. Well, this episode was, was remarkably lacking in Shin Hadi, mm-hmm. and I was disappointed in that. And Balin Skull. <laughs> Balin Skull, my new favorite character. Definitely. I definitely want to see. We talked about it last episode. Write a novel, something. I know we can't do a spinoff series at this point, not with the same actor. Um, other people have said do make him a character in the next uh, Tales of the Jedi would be very cool. Oh, oh that yeah. would be awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, but Balin is, and and part of it is the actor, though. It's the actor. Yeah, uh, he is. Yeah. You could it not put anybody else in that role. He no. He just embodies that that character. Yeah, he's he's owning it and. The show would not be the same without him. He is he is the bad guy I have been waiting for since. He's Gargoyle. the bad guy. He's the bad guy I've been waiting for since Thrawn in the original Heir to the Empire. Yeah, series. well, it goes back to what we talked about last week. You know, if Ahsoka is the new Luke, Balin is the new Vader. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But the. So, what do you think? So, like, I want to go back to a point that you mentioned a minute ago, DB, which was, you know, obviously everything is going to link to the sequels. I mean, Disney is going to do that. And whether you like the sequels or not, it's what Disney should be doing. They should be busting their butt to weave this tapestry that blends into the sequels. Um no, they're not going to remake the sequels. No, there's not going to be some alternate timeline, parallel universe. The sequels are not. the sequels are what they are. Love them or like them or hate them, they're they're canon. So it is what it is. And Disney is doing the right thing by planting those seeds by by weaving those threads. So, assuming that, what do you think? Like, maybe oh, and and to go back to timeline. Uh, yeah, I mean, I was a firm believer that this was pre-Mando 2.5, uh, which is the Luke ep- or the Mando episodes in Book of Boba, where, like you said, she sees because her behavior in with Luke was her behavior at the end of this episode, but she was still wearing her Gandalf the Gray clothes. So right. now it definitely and. You know, I thought Carson, maybe this is what, because they lost a pilot or two um, in that explosion. And I thought maybe that's what gets him demoted to a Delphi base. But no, he says he's from a Delphi base in this episode. So that's not, so it, the common, most people's acceptance of the timeline is that it's concurrent with Mando season three. And that does kind of start to seem to be what it is um, but what do you think in terms of we, we know they're building up to the Mando Avengers at some point do you think maybe if it takes place in like a couple years timeline wise we'll have a Padawan Jason fighting and then in the sequel trilogy sequel sequel movie Ray's uh, sequel movie he would be, geez, he would probably be in his 30s, maybe 40 by the time ish. that, ish, right? Yeah. Or no, 
No, because sequels are 20 years, right? Post-Jedi. And the sequel sequel is supposed to be another 15 years, though, right? Isn't it? 35? So actually, right. he'd be... He'd be more of an elder statesman. Elder statesman at that point. Yeah, 50-ish. Between 50 and 60. Ballpark. But could you imagine that in the sequel sequel movie where we got Din Grogu, Jason, Ray? Because Grogu would be about 100, which is when Yoda started teaching. And if it's a Jedi Academy, they've called it Jedi Academy uh, unofficially on the timeline so i don't know it's kind of interesting to see they, where they, might they go. definitely planted the seeds to go that direction mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. for sure but you and know then, yeah. and there's but, your new jedi council well and then what's his name um from they they had they had him as a kid in obi-wan horn right yep horn, uh corn was it corn horn Something um, good, yeah yeah so they had him in in uh obi-wan and he would be an elder statesman by then in the timeline. So, yeah, definitely. Could very well be there. But I do like what they're doing to uh, give you some backstory for the sequels. Um, because if you remember, there was a lot of hate for the prequels. And the Clone Wars did nothing but make the se- the prequels better. You know, by, by giving that deep dive into everything that happened they made the prequels better and i think that's the attempt here and and so far i've been very impressed and we still have all the stuff with bad batch to go through and uh uh i can't even think of her name the evil chick that was the technician oh yeah um that, that was on Mando, wasn't it? Corn Pop's crush on Andor. Yeah. Oh, is that in Andor? Yes. Yes. Um, yeah, we know who you're talking about. Oh, no, not Corn Pop's Donna. crush. I'm talking Donna. about the one that... Oh, they had the big train chase scene. Oh. Um, you, you know, she, she was oh, a for, um, she was the, uh She was the... Uh, you mean the youngling that escaped? Was she a young that escaped? Was that in Andor? Youngling that escaped. I'm drawing a blank on what you're talking about. Hold on. Yeah, I think that was in Andor, and I can't remember the character's name to save my life. Can have a lot of editing here, there, boss. (laughs) (laughs) No, no, it's, it's it's you know I'll do a little bit, but. Alright, so. Well, you got Bix. Deidre. Deidre. Was the Imperial. Yep. Cinta Kaz. She was dark haired. Vel. They're all dark haired except for Deidre. Well, you're not talking about Reva, are you, from Obi Wan? No, 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 no. She she was a former Imperial, and she was she was working alongside Corn Pop. And didn't they go on a date? And they went to the, the mountain that was sticking through the city. Man. Oh, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I know who you're talking about. Um, 
Oh, what's her name? No, no, she didn't go on a date with Corn Pop. It was that other scientist, the Pershing. Scientist. Yeah, Pershing, and she she ended up frying him at the end, didn't she? Yes, or turning up the mind yeah. flare on him. Yep. Put the juice on him. Yeah, no, that was uh, that was Mando season three. Yeah, so um, what was her her designation? Sixty seven or sixty nine or something like that. Sixty, <laughs> I think it was sixty seven or something. Um, but yeah, she was. Uh, Man, she's... nothing like making us rewatch everything. But didn't she end up on on the bridge of a starship and something else too? No, she was okay. She was the communications officer where we first saw her. She was the communications officer on Moff Gideon's cruiser in Mando season two, and she had like two yes. lines, two lines or something. Yes. That's why, and I remember her because she was uh, she was in the last season or two of World War Z, not World War Z. Z Nation on Sci-Fi Channel, and that's where I knew her from. Because as soon as I yes. saw her face, I was like, "Oh, I love her. She's awesome." And um, yeah, she was uh, definitely. Um, she's still out there and being a double agent kind of thing, for sure. Um, but it's all these threads that have yet to come together. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That was my point of this five-minute detour. Well, who did, who did she crank the juice up on? Persian. Wasn't it Pershing? Yeah, Pershing. Like they went out and got the, the psychedelic glowing ice cream and, mm -hmm. and stuff. <laughs> Pershing. I'm looking back through the notes, and we were going to call him Bisquick. <laughs> <laughs> G68, Eliakane. Eliakane, yes. Yep. I just read it. Yellow travel biscuits. Yeah, yeah. yellow that's travel biscuits. That's where biscuit came from. Yep, that's where biscuit came from. Yellow travel biscuits. And they even talked about Happy Bendu Day. Oh, and that was another episode where they talked about Mommy Mothma being a bad leader because she was mothballing the fleet in a throwaway yeah. line of that episode. Man, I'm tired of you guys dissing on Mommy Mothma. <laughs> Mommy Mothma's rule. Mommy Mothma's awesome. Oh, I didn't say she's not awesome. I didn't say that. Stop smack talking. I say Mommy Mothma affectionately, believe me. <laughs> Is that like Papa Palpatine? Mm, no. <laughs> no. No. Papa Palpatine's got nothing on Mommy Mothma. My words, seriously. Alright. <laughs> I am, I, I'll admit it, I'm a moth, Mommy Mothma stan. I support her as long as she doesn't talk about banking for three episodes. <laughs> or, or, or pawning her kid out. Oh, uh. Here's your one chance, fancy. Don't let me down. <laughs> <laughs> right, right on. So, uh, yeah, episode five. That wow, Shadow Warrior. Um, what? Uh, I, I'm going to stand by the statement that thus far, this is the best series Disney's put out. Oh, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I mean, far, it, absolutely. It's definitely up there. It's got some good episodes for sure. I mean, it's no Mando season one. Like, but it's. Uh, uh, I dare say it's better than Mando season no, one. No, you shut your mouth. <laughs> uh, <laughs> all right, now I know how to get you get you all amped up. Yep, I've got a lot yep, of extra Grogu's I can throw at you. <laughs> for me, I think it's. I think I do. I do like it more. Hey, you know, you know, guys. The other day, I turned on the TV and there was a movie marathon on, 
and it had a really young brief Karga playing a boxer. You guys ought to check <laughs> check out those movies. They were pretty good. Yeah, no. Well, you know, there's also there was a great movie where he fights a he fights an alien that's not Salad the Hut and <laughs> doesn't have a doesn't have a, a comrade a, a comrades of pirates, but he does have dreads. So, um, you know, and a wicked laugh, and he uh, literally gives an arm uh, <laughs> literally uh, literally so um, I prefer to watch the episodes where the Mace Windu was uh, working with that uh, one guy from John Travolta oh yeah Pulp yeah. Fiction Pulp Fiction yeah mm-hmm. Rayella Cheese well, this was, you know what, guys? I think the gummies have kicked in for us because we are all over the place now. He, he hid the watch. You don't want to know where he hid the watch. You don't <laughs> want to know where he hid that watch. You do not want to know. So I do have a complaint about episode five. Of course you do. Chopper has zero kills in the episode. I know. Legitimate complaint. How can this be Star Wars if Chopper has zero kills? That is a very legitimate complaint. They have made him way too kid-friendly for this episode. Right? For this or episode for this, only. For this, well, no, for the show. I mean, overall, he's been pretty tame, and that, I no, will say... he that wanted is... to shoot down a ship over housing. He, wa- he wanted to, but he didn't. Wow. Oh, until, he's push- until he's pushing droids off ledges with, with no bottom, or he's destroying Imperial Remnant cruisers with 1,500 people on board, or, you know, doing anything like well, that. Well, let's just, just face it. He's already wanted for war crimes. So, or, or, you know, what mean, was it? What was it? When he, when he hotwired the Interdictor cruiser to pull in the other Imperial ships and rebels and killed how many tens of thousands of people? Well, he's he's a babysitter now. He's got to take care of Jason. He's, he's like he Grandpa Chopper now. It, Grandpa Chopper. Grandpa Chopper. It's it's the uh, classic story of the uh, grizzled old veteran having to take care of the small child or baby and becomes a big softy in the end. Oh my God! See, you make it sound like three De Niro's and a baby or something. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's like. Uh, uh, what was it? It's like an Arnold Schwarzenegger getting to midlife and having to make kid-friendly movies kindergarten droid yeah kindergarten droid there you go did they they make that already called kindergarten droid (laughs) kindergarten droid yep oh geez okay all right yep i think the gummies kicked in all right yeah is anybody listening anymore hello hello probably not no i don't even know if i am so the uh (laughs) i can promise you i'm not yeah oh yeah yeah we need to what? get. Uh, we are lacking because we do not have DB's um, blockbuster, blockbuster ready. Nope, because I know I haven't had a chance to watch it. Uh, I have not. The hell no, did I? Outland is that what? Outland. Outland. Yeah, we still got to watch Outland. All that right. was in uh, like what Outland. June or something? Something like that. We'll come to an episode once in a while, and maybe we'll get it done. Yes. This is two in a row I've made. I know. All right, we're. <laughs> We're, we're impressed. Let's go for the three-peat. Now, you're not... Mm-hmm. Sk- remember, two weeks. You're not skipping out. Is it... Yeah, two weeks. Yeah, two weeks. So... Yeah. Is that our meet. very, very special guest? Our very, yeah, very, 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 very special very, guest. Very, special guest. Uh, yep. We gotta make sure that that guest sees the picture we took. Mm-hmm. And... Oh, absolutely. 
And I gotta get a picture of a mullet ready. Sneak peek of the cold open topic for that episode is favorite non-Star Wars villain. Favorite so, non-Star Wars villain. Yeah, so be thinking about that. Wow. As, as we approach that episode. Con. <laughs> actually, actually, almost, yes. Save it for the episode. I think he's giving spite, some props to that other franchise. That I have not mentioned I'll, I'll, once this episode. I know, and I'm impressed. That's why I had to throw it out there. Yeah. yeah. Well, which which one? Either, actually. I thought they were both great. I'm always going to go old school over over new school. but uh... And was played by... Do, 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 no, do, no, 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 Oh, my. I'm about ready to have an aneurysm. I know what it is. I'm trying not to grab the phone. Buzz. The plane, the plane. I know, I know. It's right there. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> I did answer that question successfully on Scarif's last... Uh, bit I did. With no, them. no, no, Century no mode. cheating. He's going to look it up. <laughs> no, no, no. You want the, the, the phone, the give you the here. first name. How's that you want, sound? You, well, no, you want the initials? Sure. R.M. Ricardo Maravan. Yes. There you oh. go. Oh. <laughs> oh, man. man it looks like an elephant the, just got off his chest. The, I know. Pressure, <laughs> the, pressure, the, the literal pressure on my chest. I literally felt like I was going to have a heart attack for a second. And who played him in the remakes? In the J.J. Abrams? That version. I don't remember off the top of my head. Benedict Cumberbatch. Benedict yeah. Cumberbatch. And know. he had his own spin on it, on the mm-hmm. characters. So. I, yeah, I, I think they were both great. Um, I, I was going to be old school over the newer stuff. But who still. also played Doctor Strange in the current Marvel movies. And who in this episode of Ahsoka was in Marvel movies. No idea. Ariana Greenblatt. Ariana Greenblatt. She played young Gamora. Oh, 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 the child. The child yep. actor for yep. uh, child actor, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Ahsoka, yep. My mm-hmm. first thought was David Tennant, but no, that's a different franchise altogether. That's a different franchise altogether. But, yeah. All right, well, let's, uh, let's move over into Collection Corner. Collection corner. Oh god, um, we're now we're into this, and this could take another hour. Uh, n- n- no, this is going to take about five seconds. That's why we started. Uh, already... That's why we started an hour early tonight. <laughs> so we'll still get done by nine. Uh, no, this is going to be real short and sweet. Uh, I got some comic books. No way. I know, right? Dun, I know dun, it's dun. a shock. I know it's a shock. It's a shock. Oh, I did pick up the other two copies of, um, from a certain point of view. Hmm. I, uh, the Empire and the uh, Return of the Jedi, so I put those away for now. Mm-hmm. Uh, I cannot recommend that certain point of view um, book enough, man. The the story, some of them are okay, some of them are just okay, uh, but some of them are just awesome. Anybody listening out there, you got to go get those. You got to read those. They're they're really really good. And then I did find uh, some place in town with some vintage uh, vintage figures. Wow. Uh, Wilson's Antiques down the down down in the basement. Huh. Uh, they were not horribly priced. Anything good? Not, eh, ish. Not 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 super stellar. I didn't buy anything. If that answers your if that okay. tells you anything. 
Let's craft, craft says, and I do have plans this coming weekend to go to a local yes. nerd swap meet. So uh, uh, that'll so, be interesting next next episode. Yeah. So what I don't spend at the nerd swap meet, I might go down to uh, Wilson's Antique and pick up a couple. They did have a hammerhead. Nice. I always need another hammerhead. Uh, but the hammerhead was twelve bucks. That's not horrible. So it's not horrible, but certainly not a deal. Yeah, and it's in our backyard as opposed to. 12-hour drive. Uh, drive to Nashville, yep. which uh, I cannot wait to make our next 12-hour drive to Nashville. It's mm -hmm. only five hours down to Kokomo Toys, just That's saying. That's true. We could yeah, turn and burn are. that one. Mm -hmm. uh, I did learn about another place uh, that's uh, reasonably close by, or in that general area, so I think we'll maybe need to take a look at that one, too. Right on. Very cool. I would mention it, but I don't have the info in front of me. So, DB, you passed the buck last week. Um, uh, it's been a busy summer, and every time I turned around, I kept coming across great deals. Mm -hmm. So, uh, my, my current focus um, is Hoth. And Scruffy pointed out an incredible deal on the vintage Hoth Imperial Attack Base, which is inappropriately named since the Rebels had a base on Hoth. Um, but it was a great set in great condition for a ridiculously cheap price. And then a few days later, um, another one of our friends that we met at the ICC, uh, Steve Carbo, lives out in Minnesota, runs his own Minnesota Star Wars group. Shout out there. Um, but he had a couple of playset bases. Um, another uh, Imperial Attack base base. Doesn't have all the contraptions that go with it but it's a nice base and he had a probot and turret base so i had this whole hoth world and now um i've made a couple of more friends on various icc pages and been picking up some figures some incredible prices but i'm i'm, I'm building armies of hoth troopers and snow troopers and anything like that so if you guys see any of those for good prices let me know um but those have been my big pieces lately uh, but man, this summer I just I got a couple more tauntauns. The herd's getting bigger, and now I have a planet for them to reside on. So that's wonderful. Every time I turn around, I'm finding something um, that blows my mind and keeps me from paying my mortgage. So. <laughs> Mrs. DB doesn't need to know that. <laughs> Shh, secret safe with us. So, no, stop. Yeah, my, those are my prize pieces lately. I got three, three bases for Hawk Planet that I'm I'm building dioramas with. Very cool. Spar Lord's toys. Oh, oh yeah. that's Chris. Yeah, Chris. Yes, Chris. Yeah, yep. he's up, uh, uh, near Chicago, isn't he? Crown Point, Indiana. So yeah, um, the east, southeast side of uh, kind of Chicago in the Michigan area. Yeah, Michigan area. Yeah, um, yeah, I bought a few things from him in Nashville. Yeah, mm -hmm. uh, we all did. Village parts. Yep. Oh, that's where I won my uh, awesome. Uh, yeah, you're right. Yeah, yes. Yes. No, Chris is a great guy. Absolutely. So yeah, I'd like to take a look at that place for sure. Very cool. And then I sent you guys an awesome picture a second ago. Um, is Finding Ezra. <laughs> Take on Finding oh, Nemo. Nice. With the, yes. 
with the blue uh, Thrawn fish and the uh, Ezra goldfish. Yep. That's hilarious. Finding Ezra. Okay. What about you, uh, Brown Leader? How many more uh, Funko Pops have you picked up? Yeah. (sighs) Have not picked any up, but that Lego set that I mentioned last episode that uh, our friend in IT gave me of the um, Mando and Grogu. Awesome. Oh, uh, I've got those. Those are awesome. When Brownie One was up last uh, weekend, Labor Day weekend, we kind of sat down and he was helping me with a video project I was doing for work. And um, while we were doing that, he, uh, I made him put the put together Mando because there was no instructions. Yeah. So he had to. <laughs> he had, yeah, so he had to put the hard one together. He had to put the hard one together. So. Um, all right, Father of the Year Award for exactly. sure. Exactly, and then my ama- my amazing Mrs. Brown leader uh, found had another thrift store find, oh. so my coffee mug collection continues to grow. Nice. I don't have it down here with me while we're recording tonight, but I'll shoot, snap a picture and send it to you. But it's just a a, a baby Grogu in the uh, pram mug. It's kind of a cool little mug, and so. Uh, yeah, that was what I gained this week. So. Nice. I don't know if I told you guys, but one of the various trips I took this summer was to Columbus, Ohio. And I went into a ginormous uh, Lego store. Oh. And, mm. and I thought about our friend Tommy. And if he had sent a couple thousand dollars with me, I would have brought some stuff back <laughs> for him. But they had some incredible sets. Do you see that new one that Lego released? The uh, Venator? Yes. Class cruiser. Yeah. yeah. Very cool. Oh. Uh, Costco had the uh, the advent calendar. Mm-hmm. Oh, really? Palp- Palpatine with the uh, the ugly sweat Christmas sweater. Nice. I got. I think I have to have that, just for that one minifigure. So, before we wrap up, uh, quick question. And our friends over at, uh, from a certain point of skew, last week we talked about the, and you mentioned from a certain point of view books, and last week we read the uh, write-up I had done for a story for them. (laughs) And I got thinking more about it. Yeah, and I still want to write a story for them. But I also got to thinking, you know, if we could get, there was a cast of seven, so if we could get four more people it might be fun to write up uh, a script and do like a little radio theater of an old school radio theater of with those characters. And uh, <laughs> I just don't know if I have the, quite the talent to pull that off. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I can promise you I don't. But, but if there's uh... anybody out there that would like to help us with that, if you listened to last week, last week's episode and would love to help us cast a uh, the Furball Squad well, radio theater show. Well, that might be a, kind of fun. Give me a couple gummies and a bottle <laughs> of Bacardi. I might, I might be willing a, to do a that. couple more gummies. Um, you know who might be good at that? D. Bradley Baker. Ooh. Hey, uh-huh. yeah, I, I know, I know a guy who could do that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we don't know him, but we well, know a guy who know, could I do know it. I know of a guy. I know mm-hmm. of a guy who could do that. But anyway, the point bringing this up was their latest question of the week was kind of funny, which was. Uh, if if and when Sabine finds Ezra, will love blossom, or will or is she stuck in the friend zone? 
He did refer to her as his sister, so it could go either way. It's Star Wars after all. Send your thoughts on a Sabine Ezra reunion. And they're doing a giveaway right now, so if you participate in their weeks of the question, you get entries for their, their giveaway that they're going to do at the end of Ahsoka. But, um, so what do you think is going to happen? Stuck in the friend zone, or will love blossom? Uh, I'm leaning towards the friend zone. I don't think it's going to be resolved in this particular season. No, but I mean, eventually it will be. Or at least I think it will be. Well, you know, maybe one of them will die and the other one can give them the kiss of life. Oh, no, that plot line's <laughs> been used. No, that's, that plot line's been used. So my thought was that uh, Sabine and Shin will become besties on the trip over and to the new galaxy, and Ezra will end up falling in love with Shin because of her scoundrel ways. That intense psycho look in her face and her eyes. Well, if if Sabine's her sister, his sister, of course he had a crush on her. That's the Star Wars way. But then he moves on to (laughs) he he moves on he moves on to his his sister's scoundrel friends, right? True. Yes. Just like just like Leia moved on to Luke's scoundrel friend. Yeah. Okay, I see the parallels. (laughs) This is Filoni. I was going to suggest that since they're on this literally intergalactic trip maybe shin and sabine were gonna you know get closer the, the love boat will be taking a cruise they are on a giant ring are you really singing the love boat <laughs> that is All right, and you have been listening to hyperspace heroes <laughs> right. can't you see the eye of zion just cruising through the galaxy and then the the whales come up and surface just like you're watching the whales in the ocean and there's Sabine and Shin sitting on the on the uh, promenade deck, and uh, the bartender droid Washington comes up and I don't anyway. No, so, I, for our I see Sabine there, on can the you phone hear me with rolling my eyes. Sabine's gonna be out there. I'm the queen of the world. <laughs> okay, that's funny. That's funny. <laughs> and then and be... then when the whole thing goes down, you know, one of them's gonna be lying on that door, and the other one's gonna drown. Be hold on. No, except this time they're going to go, no, there's room on there for another one. Move your fat butt over. <laughs> move, your, move your old fat ass over. <laughs> okay, now we definitely don't have anybody listening. <laughs> just because you're, Mandalor- you're a Mandalorian, quit mansplaining and make room on that door. <laughs> Manspreading. I'm sure even real farm boy has started to <laughs> Probably. He's like, do they have quintuple speed so I can get this done? Yeah. (laughs) They've gone plaid. Uh, Were you the one that posted that brown leader? No, that wasn't me. Was that you, Scruffy? What's that? That posted the... uh, The Spaceballs um, meme? Spaceballs meme. Oh, that was me. That was me. That was awesome. (laughs) That was awesome. That was hilarious. Yeah, uh, go check out uh, Hyperspace Heroes on Facebook. Uh, It's pretty funny. That's definitely a very funny... Spaceballs uh, meme on there. So, all right. Well, I think I think we're good for tonight, yeah, guys. I think we. Yeah, I think it's time to wrap this up. Uh, episode five. So, yeah, um, fans, what'd you think of it? Let us know in the comments down below. And uh, if you want to reach out to Hyperspace Heroes, uh, Brown Squadron, and I think we might call ourselves Skull Squadron for the rest of Ahsoka, but. The uh, if you'd like to reach out to us, like to make a comment, uh, suggest a show idea, anything, just reach out to us. Uh, tell Scruffy how 
devilishly handsome he is. Oh, and, please. Uh, just listen to the outro on this, and you can find out where to find us. So, all right, with that, let's get out of here tonight, guys. This is Brown Leader signing off for the crew, and you have been listening to Hyperspace Heroes. That's, That's no, no moon. moon. That's Shin Hadi. <laughs> Hyperspace Heroes podcast can be heard on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Breaker, Stitcher, and most other podcast services. If we are not on your service of choice, let us know. To leave your five-star review, just click on the review button on your podcast service of choice and praise us to the maximum character limit available. To contact the show to comment, ask a question, suggest a conversation topic, or just to tell us how handsome we are, you can send us a DM on our Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter accounts. You can also email us at brownsquadron at gmail.com. Star Wars, its characters, shows, movies, books, etc. You get it. Our properties of Lucasfilm and Disney. Hyperspace Heroes Podcast has no affiliation with Lucasfilm and Disney, although we would very much like to. Hyperspace Heroes podcast comments and opinions are ours alone and the show is for entertainment purposes only. This is so we cannot be held liable when we say something dumb. If you're still listening at this point, we would like to say thank you for joining us on this exposition into a galaxy far, far away, and we appreciate you spending your time with us. We hope you'll share the show with other fans and that you'll tune in again for the next episode. Hyperspace Heroes Podcast, The Legend of Brown Squadron. That's no moon! Sorry, he burped. Baby shark. Do, 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 do.